BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Aloha! that had the great line, fear is uh, the only thing we have is fear itself. Busey clearly had recently had sex with a, a, yes. a Hawaiian yes. person. Hello and welcome. We're back. From theballerlifestyle.com, it's the Baller Lifestyle Podcast Episode number 375. I'm your host. My name is Brian Beckner. I'm joined as always by Mr. Ed Daly. Ed, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. That's good to hear. We are also joined. We're doing a, we're doing a movie today. You guys like when we do movies. You guys like when we do shitty movies that are classic. We got that covered. Yeah, it's handled today. Uh, we are also joined by a real crowd favorite. Oftentimes, you'll hear him, and then you won't hear him for long periods of time, and then he'll come in and he'll just he'll zing you with a fucking good one. Uh, he's a well-known dude. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of longtime Twitter followers. Of course, I'm talking about Mr. Jason Stewart. Jason, how are you? Hello, everybody. Oh, long pause. There you go. Hey, so um. I you know I live I live in a city and uh, and there are police sirens just now so forgive the uh, the activity. Oh my god! It sounds so shitty when you go to talk. It <laughs> just be- it's not the sirens. It sounds like you're broadcasting next to FDR yeah. for the fireside chat. It's so like apologize to everybody within the sound the of my technology. voice. Yeah, it's just. Whatever, whatever I mean, Jason is using to connect to his computer just sounds bad. I think that's a. Um, it's actually a good reference that Ed just made. If I sound like FDR, I mean, FDR was the um, the person that 
had the great line, fear is uh, the only thing we have is fear itself. That and is not the right line. Sort of, not even right close. After, yeah. Right after Pearl Harbor. And the, this movie was yeah. the 50th anniversary of Pearl the Harbor. The only, I can't even thing. repeat. Well, I know the actual line. I was trying to repeat what Jason yeah, said. I, I kind of I like Jason's version. It's better. It's the only are, thing we have we to know. fear is fear itself. There you go. Yeah. There you go. That's what I said the first time. No. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, you know, it's we do lots of good ones. It's, we could throw one and throw another one in there. You got to open the show with that line, though. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good um okay how's everybody doing you guys you guys fired up to um talk about under siege so i i really didn't usually try to look up more i i watched a movie last night but i try to look up what year was this i believe 92 93 92 92 92 okay it was a year before the fugitive yeah oh it was before for the fugitive, right. yeah, I was really trying to figure out in terms of Tommy Lee Jones what we were working with. Yeah, I mean, he was really—I don't know what he had done before, but he was really chewing up the scenery in this one. Like he yeah. was—he was feeling him. So he's like, "Look, if I'm going to be in this movie, I'm going to fucking act my dick off and really ham it up." And it was I not a problem. Was, I think he was kind of known. Well, let's take like, let's take a look. Let's see what he's done before this. Tommy, I had forgotten he was in it. I saw it. I think I think I saw him in an episode of Charlie's Angels, like when he was young. Yeah, I mean, was he ever young? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Was he? Uh, was he? Um, most of his roles, though, that he's well known for, are like the understated guy, right? Even like uh, Men well, in Black. He, um, this is yeah. He played this. Yes. I, I agree with what you're saying. He played this exactly the same way he played Two Face in the Jim Carrey oh. Batman when he was the Riddler. That's true. He, about he that. played it the same exact, yeah. like over the top. Over the top. He played it this. If he was in Two Face costume, it wouldn't <laughs> seem any yeah. different. Oh, hold on. So the first, so he's he was he worked a lot. He was on. Oh, yeah. He was he's was on. Lots of shows, like in the 70s, he was on One Life to Live. He broke out, I would say, in The Lonesome Dove. What up, right. Travis Rogers? Miniseries. Then he was in, then he was in JFK mm-hmm. in 91. Right. And that's like the first like real place you would have seen him, followed immediately by his star turn in Under Siege, and then The Fugitive, and then all sorts of shit you've seen him in. The Client, Natural Born Killers. Oh, he played Ty Cobb? Was, oh, yeah, that was that was a really boring baseball movie. That must have been an old-ass Ty Cobb. Yeah, it was boring. Yeah, it was like yeah. the dimly lit, boring, because, you know, I was probably in high school, it's like, yeah, baseball movie, Ty Cobb. Uh, and it was a lot. I think it was like his old confessions. Oh, that's uh, right. It was, yes. It was bad. Yeah, he it was, was like he was like it, telling it from later in life, right? Yeah, yeah. it was. Uh, what's his face? Don't you Arliss. Arliss played the. Uh, yeah. uh, Robert Wool. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna talk real fast right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the other big star turn in this, of course, is the guy that plays. Tac Man, 
Damien Chapa, who everyone will know, of course, as Miklo from Blood In, Blood Out, which is his very right. next role okay. after this, Bound by Honor, which is a movie we should eventually discuss. Also, what's his name from the program was there? Oh, yeah. Alvin Mack. Alvin Mack from the program was there. And, of course, the the real heavy in this movie, although it is they do kind of trade off, is the great Gary Busey and those teeth. He gets uh, he gets punched once in the face. So much teeth. He's got so much teeth. He gets punched once in the face, and it was like m- maybe like the worst facial injury that's ever existed. It's rebandaged <laughs> constantly throughout. And of course, the great Steven Seagal as Casey Ryback, the ship's cook. Steven Seagal, he's got an interesting story. I believe. Let's check his wiki. I believe he was like some producers. Yeah, he married. He married like the daughter who of the guy who invented Aikido or something. I was looking at his story last night. Really? Um, yeah, he's he's legit. I've heard Joe Rogan talk about this. He's legit. He's a legit martial artist in a martial art that, to quote Joe Rogan, would be good if you had to fight somebody that didn't know how to fight. <laughs> You know, it's like if you knew this thing and the other person knew nothing, you'd be in good shape. But if the other person knew any other martial art, they would be able to fuck you up very easily. Uh, He moves so slow. That's his thing. Yeah, I know. He moves so slow. Everything, everything is done slow. The dialogue is done slow. He just walks through his lines. There's no animation whatsoever. Um, I, I, I didn't see too many of these movies. In fact, I think this was the first time I had seen it. I may have seen it back in the day, but this was the only movie he ever did without a ponytail, right? That's what I was thinking. That's the first thing I thought. I'm like, how are they going to have a guy in the Navy with a ponytail? But I I will say this. Not one single fucking seaman on this ship had a regulation military haircut. (laughs) Do do you think think the Navy was consulted in any way for this movie? No. I, I spotted a lot of errors, and I'm not even in the name. Right, <laughs> and, and neither am I. We'll go through them. He, they just let him have the ponytail, and it almost looked like he still had the long hair, and they were like tucking it up under, and just trying not to shoot the back of his head because he did have kind of weird hair, and I and I get it. He was trying to hold on to it. So that makes sense. I I believe the story of Steven, Steven Seagal is that he was somebody's um, like sensei, like a like a producer or something. And uh, and the producers oh, I like maybe yeah. okay. I thought maybe some slow moving marauders moved in <laughs> on a producer, and he he was able to stop them in yes. slow motion with his. With the one martial art he knows that's good against people that know no other martial art. Uh, yeah, he's I don't know. He's he was a he was an Aikido guy. Um, I think his dad was a producer or something. I don't know. He's he's real bad. But he was a if you're our age, he was a big, big, big fucking star in the 1990s when there were all sorts of action franchises going on. Right. There was like it was like peak like action movie era there was there, so i think yeah. probably like right the the schwarzenegger predator yeah. die hard like and stallone movies rambo like 
they just needed more people. And so yeah. Jean-Claude got involved. Well, and then yeah. we, there was also even a little before that, there was Chuck Norris, right? And then, oh, right. The, so Chuck Norris is like a k- kickboxer karate guy. And so they're like, oh, no, we got to find dudes that actually know how to fight and we'll use them. And of course, Bruce Lee. So then they, remember they tried to make Michael Dudikoff. That's an, right. American Ninja. He was he was doing a thing like there were a lot of these franchises and, that they and tried to get going. They also, they also used the uh, 1984 men's Olympic gymnast Mitch to try to. <laughs> yeah, Jim Cotta. They, uh, they gave Bosworth a movie too. At least, at least right. right. Yes. Oh, R- Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh, they live. Who could yeah. forget? Um, the Hulkster had some movies too, but he was. I mean, he was already famous from another thing. Uh, okay, so Under Siege, this came out in 92, like we said, action, American action film thriller directed by someone called Andrew Davis. Let's see what else he directed. That's kind of interesting, right? Um, I, I can't imagine he was in demand. No, I mean, no. I feel like he was maybe, he just worked with Segal. You see that sometimes. Let's see. Oh, No. He directed The Fugitive. What? That's what it says that was, here. That was a real movie. I know. He so he directed all the Segal movies. <laughs> so uh, he got a good he got a good script. And he's like, okay, I'm going to need all of you. All right, so everybody who wants to be in The Fugitive, step forward. Not so fast, everybody but Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. <laughs> yeah, every, everybody. Step, who didn't step forward? Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. We're going to use you. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the only other, a perfect murder. I don't remember. It's collateral damage. Oh, that's a real movie. I think that's a real movie. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, oh, that's the one. It's the nine eleven one with Schwarzenegger uh, where they had to like change him to Colombians or something. Uh, oh yeah, I was thinking that was the Schwarzenegger Y two K movie. Remember, there was like End of Time. Yes. Oh man, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. That is the one that was. Um, there was one that was like coincided with nine eleven, and they had to push it back. John Turturro's no, in it. This, no, you're right. This is the nine eleven one. Oh, it is. This okay. is O two. It came out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, End of days was the Y two K. That's one. right. End of days. Um, what else? The nineteen ninety two was. Um, I, I was trying to think of why I would have missed this movie. And nineteen ninety two had some really good movies, like classic movies. Um, was there like an I Love Lucy movie? Other than that, um, which is going to be a biopic, I think here pretty soon. Oh, uh, yeah, starring Nicole Kidman. Can't wait to miss yes. it. Uh, After they were dogs. Oh yeah, that's a classic. Still my favorite and, Tarantino uh, movie. Well, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, also Patriot great. Games, Batman Returns. I mean, Basic Instinct. There were just a lot of really good movies. I completely missed this movie now that I think about it. I remember seeing it in the theater, but we had seen – we got like – I had a buddy that worked at a theater. So we would always go see movies, and we had – we were on a Steven Seagal. We were hip to Seagal. We had seen all the Hard to Kills, marked for <laughs> – Marked for this, death. This was tenth on the year, tenth in the box office. Oh yeah, this is a massive hit. It made over a hundred million dollars. It was just topped by the hand that rocks the cradle. Oh, it's Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, 
and Annabella Shiora. That's a, a real. It's a couple heavy hitters in that one. But this movie beat Patriot Games, which was Harrison Ford. That's right. crazy. He, this this he, movie did really well. Yeah, it did. Um, it stars Steven Seagal as an ex-Navy SEAL. They let you in on that a little bit later. Who must stop a group of mercenaries led by Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones on the U.S. Navy battleship Missouri, released on October 9th, 1992. Under Siege was successful in critical and financial terms, receiving two Oscar nominations. Oh, for sound production. Somebody somebody was throwing somebody a bone. Um, was successful in critical and financial terms. Uh, the, the score, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, they made a sequel, of course. It made like over $150 million, I think. More than $150 million. It's been called the uh, Die Hard on a Battleship. Yeah, Die Hard um, on a Boat. That was a, that was a thing for a while where they were trying to do redo Die Hard. Right. Yeah. Speed, 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 Die Hard on a Bus. They yeah. just kept that was the pitch for a long time. Yeah, yeah, because Die Hard was really a game changer. Uh, here, let's play the trailer and then we can talk about this piece of shit. It was the final voyage of America's mightiest battleship. What's on this helicopter? This little sweetheart. Miss July 89. God, I love this business. I love you. The party was wild. Love you again. They really knocked them dead. Imagine this arsenal of tactical nuclear weapons falling into the wrong hands. The Pentagon never did. Four minutes ahead of schedule. Damn, I'm good. Now, a team of terrorists have taken over. Wake up the president. But there's just one thing they didn't count on. The cook. Are you like some special forces guy or something? No, I'm just a cook. Oh my God, we're going to die. Chills. I'm just a cook. That's a pretty... <laughs> This is not the work of a cook. I want you to coordinate your efforts with us. Yes, sir. I see that you completely disobeyed my orders. Roger that. Ryback is an ex-seal. Expert in martial arts. Explosives. Stand back! Weapons and tactics. I also cook. The Nimitz is tracking two tomahawks just launched from the Missouri. Where are they headed? Honolulu. Happy trails. Steven Seagal. I know you, don't I? Tommy Lee Jones. Been a long time. I'll see you in hell, Santa Boy! Under Siege. Real classic. Under Siege. I want to get the box office here because it, it, I was stunned by it. Yeah. Budget? 83. What? 1983? It, no, it made 83 million. No, I have 156.6. Oh. 30, on, a, on a budget of 35 million. He, oh, that's pretty good. Huge, huge hit. Uh, what, as, far as, uh, as far as trailers go, when we, ever, when we play these trailers on the podcast, yep. it typically is, uh, definitely uh, doesn't live up to the hype and but that trailer i actually want to see the movie like they did a really good job 
of pumping up this movie in that trailer. Yeah, just basic, listening to it. basically, Audible. you don't really need to see the movie once you see the trailer. Like you get yeah, that, that pretty much did it. You get it all. Um, so they're so what's going on? They're having a party for the admiral. The admiral is eighty five years old. They're the captain. He's too old to be running the ship. Everybody's too old. Do they not know how old people are in the fucking Navy? Like they're too, they're all too old in this movie. Everybody's too old. <laughs> the, um, Steven Seagal's he's the cook. We're supposed to believe one guy and a couple other guys cook for fucking hundreds of dudes on a battleship. And, and by the way, the ba- the battleship's called the Missouri, right? And yeah. it, that all that information checks out. The Missouri was the battleship that the Japanese uh, surrendered on after yeah. we dropped the bomb on them. It was named after Harry Truman's home state, right? Um, and it also did serve in the um, in the uh, what do you call it? Uh, Iraq or the, the first the time we, we invaded Iraq? Yeah, the mm-hmm. Gulf War. Mm-hmm. It all it all checks out. Yeah. Yep. It's a it's a real thing. Uh, I don't think he was really the cook on it. Um, the really? yeah, there there was an uh, also he's he's supposedly a Cajun. Did you guys catch that? He's like, uh-uh. I got I got to make uh, me a, a real Louisiana gumbo, and he's like doing a thing. He's like do, and he tells a Cajun joke. He's like, you know what they say about a Cajun, and he's doing a Cajun accent, but then he just stops. <laughs> he just slips out yeah. after that scene. Yeah, it's just like maybe he the, practiced. He practiced for like three months for yeah. that one scene. He's like, "Hey, what do you, what do you want from me?" Maybe I, they, I gave you my scene. Yeah, maybe the director was just like, "Hey, lose the accent." Um, they're so they bring they bring uh, all these people onto the um onto the ship to like celebrate the um celebrate the captain who's it's a surprise birthday party and they bring in a band and tommy lee jones is like with the band and then the band gets up and starts playing and there's a singer and then there's all the instrument guys but tommy lee jones is on the stage with the band but he doesn't like have a supposed to be part of the band that's what i'm saying he's up there with the band but he doesn't have an actual function in the band other (laughs) Then he's kind of like a hype man. He's kind of like an right. MC, yeah. and he's the least chill musician <laughs> yeah. of all time. <laughs> he's like super intense. He is. He's like, I know, man. Music is my life. Like it's a whole thing. You could tell, right? I mean, Gary Busey's not there unless he's f- up to some shenanigans. So he's there's not really. It's not really explained. They're trying to steal tomahawk missiles, right? It takes them a long time to uh, reveal what their plan is. It, 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 a little too long for my taste. I think the the actual plot could have probably been given away earlier in some dialogue. So it, it takes you a, a little bit to see exactly what these these this, these people's deal is. But the song that they're playing in that whatever that was that cover band or whatever was dreadful, and Gary Busey and drag. It was like one of one of the more embarrassing things you're going to see in a movie. It was hard to watch. Really weird. It was really and, weird. And I'm not a I, I, I've never been in the military. But no. the one thing I'm pretty clear about is they don't 
really tolerate sass, especially to no. to no. superiors. And Seagal, right from the jump, is just sassing left and right. He's, He's sassing everybody. Yeah. And even Busey's like, hey, why are you putting up with this shit? The, the cook is like sassing everybody. It is. It's it. It's weird. It is weird. And what's up with everybody's fixation on the kitchen on the ship? <laughs> like they bring on. So they're having a party. Tommy Lee Jones is there emceeing. And then he does that thing where he's like, who's the highest ranking officer here? And they like all point to one guy. And then he whips out a gun and he does that real sweet um, one handed shoots him right directly in the forehead. And then he's, yeah. and then they're like, they like round up all the, all the um, sailors and like lock them up or something. Why it's were they so before or after the dance off to I've got the power? Where, when was that? Oh, that was, that was right after. Oh, that was, okay. well, oh, when, when cue ball, are you talking about when cue ball comes in the kitchen? Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> They do that whole dance off scene. Yeah, it was, it was the most 1992 moment. It was real weird, and it kind of made me uncomfortable because there's a black guy called Cue Ball, and he comes in the kitchen, and the first thing Steven Seagal is like, "Let me see you dance, Cue Ball," and I'm like, "Ooh, <laughs> can we like? Is that necessary?" And also, why was that scene? Well, we know why the scene was there, and we'll get to that later. But it was a real weird, like, they're, like, dancing at each other in the kitchen. Everybody loves the cook. Uh, does anybody know the cook on a fucking battleship? Uh-huh. Like, why well, is... They know this cook. Yeah, they know well, this cook. Why is everybody familiar with him? And it, so he can sass, apparently, because he's, like, the captain's personal chef. And he's, like, nobody cooks for the captain but me. He's basically, like... He's, He's like knows him better than anybody else. He's like, uh, the captain don't like surprises and neither do I. And it's like, all right, like calm down. Like he has a close relationship um, with the captain. That's, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. I think that, that he has like uh, he kind of has fuck you money. He he obviously did something for the captain that makes yeah. him um, invincible. So he could sass and do whatever the hell he wants and tell the tell the black cast member to dance. Um, now. But what you didn't me- mention is uh, Erica. What's her face? Is our only Aleniak. She was. I believe she was on Baywatch. She definitely she was. was. And yeah. I-, I guess what what's unclear is um, she is paid to uh, be a stripper that comes out of a cake. Yep. And she flies over with all the bad guys. Yep. But she's the only one on the helicopter that isn't in on it. Is that what we're? Right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, Casey Ryback, Steven Seagal, he's got questions that she immediate his concerns that she immediately allays within one sentence. Because he's like, who are you? Like he he was concerned about that, too, but very (laughs) briefly. Right. Right. But it it was a weird kind of a a plot plot thing here, the, the, the female. And I did a little bit of digging and I guess Seagal. She wasn't in the in- initial script. There wasn't going to be any any women. Oh. Um, and he handpicked her and said, Let, "Let's uh, let's write in a, a female." Uh, I want to see the fakest tits possible. They're, they're fake. She was. I wasn't really into that haircut, and I was never into Erica Aleniak the first go around. But I mean, this movie would have been fucking horrendous. I mean, even worse without her. At least it, there was like she kind was of the something. only part I remembered. 
from yeah. when I saw the movie. Yeah. That was the only part I remember. Yeah. But he, she had a she had a great uh, she had a great line that took you right back to 1992. She was giving her credits to Seagal, and she said, um, "I was in an episode of Hunter." And a Girls Gone Wild video. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't Girls Gone. No, it wasn't Girls Gone Wild. Wet and Wild, which is like oh, a, which is like oh, one yeah. of those Playboy like different. DVDs. She was, she yeah. was Miss July of '89. Yeah. They said it maybe seven times. Yeah, they did. Um, he, I mean, the only reason she's in the movie is so Segal could fuck her, right? He saw her on Baywatch. He's like, yes. I want to fuck that girl. Let's make a part for her in this movie, and I'm gonna fuck her. And he probably did fuck her. We didn't mention that that a former president was in this movie. Yeah, uh, so, George H.W. George George H.W. and Barbara, and I believe I saw Dick Cheney sitting in a chair. So, what do you? Can you buy some like B? You buy stock footage and just put because they're known. They're uh, that was that was a strange thing because yeah. um, the actual footage of the president doing the speech was filmed, so it wasn't like stock video. So it was almost like uh, the actual president did this 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor right, thing right. on the Missouri, yep. and I, they must have just gotten the rights to just film everything as is, right? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense that they got. Uh, you know, maybe they had some access, um, but they're the so before they before they um, attack. Um, enable their plan. They're they're real obsessed with the the cook. So Gary Busey's got to go down there and like confront Segal, <laughs> and he's like, it's like Segal's making a bouillon base. They're baking pies. Like it looks pretty good. I'll be honest. By the way, do you, yeah. do you guys There's garlic know what, everywhere? Yeah, you lot, guys know so what much garlic. Base is? Yeah, it's like a fish soup. Is it, okay, he says he's got to make fifty gallons of bouillon base for this uh, for this party. Yeah, uh, and I'm thinking that's probably what he makes for himself on Sunday nights now. Fifty oh, gallons. Yeah, of yeah, this is for him. He's like, what's <laughs> yeah. every what he's is everybody else going to eat? <laughs> um, yeah, they lock. So he um, he's sassing um, he's sassing Gary Busey, who's the second in command on the ship. Which I just and don't. By, by the way, did you notice how? Busey pronounced Hawaii like eight times. Hawaii. Oh, he does the Hawaii. He was doing the Hawaii. Whoa. Wow. It's usually only people that are from Hawaii that pronounce it that way. Busey clearly had recently had sex with a a, a Hawaiian person. Definitely. On location. Um, He's bitching. He's bitching about the um, about the condition of the kitchen or the food. And he says. He makes a comment that I thought was very strange. He said, it smells like a lard omelet. What the fuck is that? That's not even a thing. Like what? You just made up a thing that doesn't have a smell because it's never existed. It's very strange. Seagal wrote, I think he put his touches on this movie. Yeah, he definitely did. Hey, Jay Stu, is there a way that when you're not speaking, you could like take your hand and like wrap it around the microphone? What happened? What do you, are you guys hearing uh, feedback? Yeah. Yep. Do that. Do that. It, yep. It just sounds like he's about to go. Today is a day yes. that will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah. So just take your hand off it when you go to speak, and then we'll be good. Um. Oh, thank you. Um. 
What? A, oh, okay. So and, and then he spits in the yeah. spits in the bouillon base. Yeah. And then they throw him in the brig, right? Or no, they throw him in the freezer but first. But first, um, Steven Seagal decks him and then like starts kicking everybody's ass for some reason because he, he's down to let go of the fisty cuffs. And then fin- and then he's like, oh hey, hey, okay, okay. And then he stops and they they lock him in the meat locker. Or he goes, they go throw him in the brig and and um. Steven Seagal, who's got an answer for everything, is like, nobody goes to the brig without the captain's signature. And then he's like, and and uh, Gary Busey's like, oh, fuck, he got me. Dude, you're about to fucking start murdering half the people on the ship. Like, just kill him or just put him in the fucking brig and say, hey, we'll deal with it later. You're going to murder the captain in the next scene anyway. You're worried about his signature. So they lock him in the meat locker, but not before. And forgive me, not before, I'm just quoting a movie here, Gary Busey says, you hit like a faggot. Oh. No. Yeah, I think he's, he says, uh, now I know why you're a cook, because you hit like a faggot. And I'm thinking, there's no, that, that must have been the last time, the first time and the last time it's ever been used in a movie, right? That, that's, that's yeah, a deplorable line, yeah, and you can can't put talk it in any like movie. That. You can't talk like that. Um... I was concerned. So Tommy Lee Jones, he's like really going face to face with Erica Leniak um, before the like telling her what she's going to do. And all I could think about, Ed, was that buddy of yours that did like shot a commercial or something with Tommy Lee Jones. And how how did he describe um, Tommy Lee Jones breath? Uh, could knock a buzzard off a shit wagon. Yeah, that's it. He's got breath that could knock a, a buzzard off a shit wagon, and I, so that really was that really was stressing me out as it as it can sometimes. Yes, I I I do know that feeling. He 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 has several close talking moments. Yeah, and you can't help but think about I, the breath. Yeah, ever since you told me that, how much Budweiser he likes to drink, and how and when he's so they're face to face in the chopper, right? They're coming in on the chopper, and then. You know, they're in port. They're in Hawaii. These guys get to leave the ship. They're not, it's not like they've been at war, but they come in. Erica Eleniak, the only female in the movie, get, actually, no, there's like a female, like, um, attache to one of the officers. Erica Eleniak gets off the helicopter and it is like the most gang right rapey vibes i've yeah. ever seen like all like it all the feels s- like the back room yeah. feels like the back room of the accused all yes all of the sailors basically start coming and like falling on the ground and rubbing their genitals and it's like they're they're like all gonna just like go crazy like they'd never seen a woman before like I, okay she's attractive but you guys haven't been like in prison. You're just in the Navy. You get to leave the boat sometimes. Like it was a really like very disturbing. Um, it was like the f- first time they'd ever seen a woman. We talked about this. What's Tommy Lee Jones's job in the band? Oh, oh. So it's the, the fight starts breaking out, right? The whole ship is made of metal. And these guys just start willy-nillying, willy-nilly discharging Uzis, like, in the fucking cafeteria. Does that make sense? Wouldn't the bullets, like, bounce around and just start, like, couldn't they bounce back and 
hit your guys? Like they didn't seem to care. Did yeah. that strike you guys as odd? In some movies, yeah, it's ricocheting all over the place. Yeah. And then other movies, it, it isn't. I yes, again, I don't think there was a lot of technical advisor work. And also, also the noise. Like if you discharge a machine gun in a in a small metal room, like later later when. Um, Steven Seagal gets the jump on the guys that come down to the meat locker and he relocks them in the meat locker. They shoot their way out of the meat locker. Those guys are deaf. Had he not stabbed them in the throat, those guys would be deaf. Like they're, they're they would have blown out their eardrums for just from the sound. Um, I, I had a question. How do these bad guys decide who to murder? Because some people they're like, they shoot the captain in the chest they shoot that. They shoot the high-ranking officer right in the middle of the forehead, and then some people they're like, "Hey, oh, hold on, okay, don't move. We're coming with me." And right. they, just like a regular guy, well, just shoot him. Like, what? How come some guys you can murder, and some guys you got to be like really careful with? I didn't get that. Did you guys? No. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Very, you're right. It was very willy-nilly, and um, and what I think it was Colomini who. Yeah. Yeah, you know when he he was in this movie, he probably thought, "There's no way I'm going to be in a movie with a worse script than this." And then he was in Con Air a few <laughs> years later. That's right. That's right. Coming off that big, I, mean, I, yes. I, I like I like Con Air, but not for the same reasons that the dialogue for Colin Meany was designed. No. Yes, um, but but he he checked out. Was it his job to check out everybody? And then he didn't check out the chef. No, that was that was Gary Busey. Oh, that was beauty. Because the chef's file was kept in the captain's quarters, apparently, while everyone else. So much chef-related stuff. I know. So much chef-related stuff. Also, if the chef were an ex-Navy SEAL, which is an insane premise in and of itself, because a SEAL, you know, they have lucrative careers after being SEALs in in the private sector. But assuming a guy finishes retires from being a seal and then becomes a a chef on the boat. Don't you think everyone on the boat would know that immediately? Wouldn't that be like the biggest rumor on the ship? Right. Do you hear about that chef? He's He's, being a seal. And then when he uh, was, was booted, instead of making him go be a chef at like Denny's, they said, you know, let's put you as close to the action as possible. (laughs) I think the I think the explanation that they did give, and it was half-assed towards the end, was what that he had done something uh, that got him court-martialed or something. Right, um, and it was one of those things where he did the right thing but the wrong thing, and the captain of the ship, as opposed to like I don't know, giving him a desk job or something to uh, to live out his uh, tenure or whatever before pension, he just made him the cook of the ship. But they were they. They kept referring to him as a cook. Yeah. Those stupid lines in yeah. the locker room. Yeah. He must have said the word cook eight times with the woman. It's great. The cook, the, the, they established cook 19 times in the initial scene. And the captain was really vague about, you know, he's more than a cook and all this stuff. But I, I yeah, you're right. I don't understand that the uh, how, how focused they were on this occupation, even in the trailer. I was listening and they mentioned the word cook like 19 times. <laughs> no, it's, it's really and crazy. Was, yeah. Was there an explanation, uh, on why, uh, Busey had to 
get in drag during the during the no, show. Very confusing. Like, like it's one thing if that was creating a distraction, but he just needed to parade around in a skirt and like fake tits as he just walked to the captain captain's like uh, quarters. Oh, I think like, I think it was all a setup because no, and it was stupid. Like they were they were hosting this party like they weren't about to start willy nilly murdering all the rank and file on the ship. They were acting like it was a real thing. So he dresses up in drag, but I think that they did all that to set up the one line where he's in the captain's quarters, reading his own file, reading his own like uh, employee reports. And he's like, do I look like it? Like the, the um, captain had written that he, um, you know, shouldn't, he didn't, he needed a psychological evaluation. And he's like, do I look like I need a psychological evaluation? And he's got like lipstick. He actually has, if you watch, he actually has more lipstick on throughout the entire movie when he's not dressed in drag. The guy is, his lips are so greased and pink the whole time. It was like over the top. Um, um, Yeah. I don't know where this shows up, but I wrote down the quote, SEAL Team 5 is the best there ever are. Yeah. And I was thinking, did that was that like a thing? And then they're like, well, how about SEAL Team yeah. 6? At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Like, that's the only SEAL team I know of. <laughs> we got to step up. Yeah, there's only one SEAL team that you're aware of, and that's six. Uh, you got to. Well, how about six minute abs? How about seven minutes? <laughs> Eight minutes. Uh, uh, how, how, do you, how do you think the guys on, like, SEAL Team 2 feel? You, yeah. Like, they're like, hey, we're, we do badass shit, too. That's just because Osama bin Laden isn't involved when we do right. it. Or Captain Ron. Who's the Tom Hanks captain that they saved? Oh, I'm the captain now. Uh, Phillips. Captain Phillips. You know, yeah, they feel team one probably goes to like six flags uh, incidents and <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. yeah yes. <laughs> they well, they're probably they're probably pissed that the seal team six guys are all a bunch of fucking glory hogs and seal team four probably does badass shit, too. And they don't get any credit. Um. Yeah. What else? Oh. Do you guys know what the movie reference is? It must have been some kind of an ode to a former movie or a TV show, right? Because why would the cook um, say at least three times, I noticed three times, he would tell the uh, the young um, sergeant or what have you outside his meat locker, um, you've got shit for brains private. It sounds familiar. Is that like a, an ode to a movie or a, a TV show shit. or something? 
Shit for brains is is definitely was a was a big phrase in the nineties. It he was. He said it three it times. Was. He said you got shit for brains private. He kept saying that over and over again. I was just wondering if that was some kind of a inside joke or or a testament to something. I don't even know what it was. Yeah, I don't. I, it was very common movie parlance in the time. Um, and you have to yeah. remember that anything that Seagal punches up. It's yeah, it's it not going to be actually clever. No. It's you're, you're right. It was you know whatever he did was definitely stolen from something else. Whether it's just and, the common vernacular or like he took it from a line. But you know, Seagal is not going to come up with a clever line. No, definitely not. And, and it sounds like the ship is getting um, slaughtered above them. And Steven Seagal is, for whatever reason, real concerned about his pies overcooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. The guy's uh, a conscientious cook. Yeah, he is. I like the scene where they show they they only show close ups because there's no way he could have swung his legs around to get out of that handcuff situation. They just show like a close up of boots because (laughs) seeing him do a somersault would have been too much. And that was that's where he was in the meat locker where there was so much garlic. There was just sticks and sticks of garlic hanging in there. Yeah, it must have been. They were thinking maybe it'd be a vampire movie. There was just garlic hanging everywhere. Well, you know how, like, when something's real smelly in the fridge, like, you're worried, like, it could make the other food taste like that? Does everything just taste so much like garlic? Because also, there's, like, sides of beef. There's, like, whole pigs. You know, they they cut that shit up before they deliver it to the ship. Why, why, why are we always in movies having, like, whole cows hung up places? And this, this ship had a whole bunch of half cows hanging in the thing. And oh, so much garlic. You don't need to refrigerate garlic. Yeah. It doesn't need to be yeah. in the meat locker. Well, there was a ton of garlic outside the meat locker, too. Yes. There's just garlic everywhere. It's, but, yeah. again... It's it's because they didn't consult anyone yeah. because, like you said, they they would they're going to cut it up. They're not going to leave these giant slabs no. of beef like it, the military is all about precision yes. and and uh, efficiency. And this is just like everything is sloppy here. No, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, Erica Leniak supposedly sleeps through. She's in the cake, you know, so she's supposed to jump out of a cake. Yeah. She sleeps through the whole firefight because uh, Gary Busey. Narcolepsy. Yeah, no, Gary Busey gives her roofies. Oh. And so she's she's apparently passed out in the cake, but then just just out of nowhere, she just jumps out of the cake. Like, how does she know it's the right time? Yeah, I don't think roofies work that way. That it just. Uh has you like give you have like a power hour of nap yeah. and then you're fully functional yes. and ready to shoot uh semi-automatic and the whole explanation of what a semi-automatic weapon is oh yeah so then she jumps out of the cake there's no one it's there's dead people in the room with her and she still does her dance and like shows her tits and stuff there's no there's like none of the, the party is not going on. She would realize that in one second, but they, they had, she had to show those implants. That was part of the contract. Um, yeah. Then he's like, they, they partner up. She's going to help him. He gives her a gun lesson. He doesn't even show her the gun. He's like, yeah, you're going to, you're going to be firing an MP4 and it's got a double click mechanism on it. And so what I want you to do is when you go to shoot it, uh, just, just click, you know, just one bullet every time. It's like, 
dude, show her the gun. Did like, did she, is she in the military? She doesn't know how to fire a gun. <laughs> but that, is that where she says, I've got two rules. One, I, I don't date musicians. Yeah. And two, I don't kill people. Yeah, that is <laughs> so weird. That's a weird rule for a stripper. Well, yeah. And at, she, some, she, at some point she, she like, uh, finds a gear though, because yeah. they made her out to be, um, this complete ditz, of course. She plays the typical uh, movie blonde in the 80s and 90s who is more disruptive and gets in the way more. But for so- at some point in the movie, she becomes very well-versed in military weaponry and, sh- and strategy. Did you notice that? Yeah. She's teaching, she's teaching the guys that they rescued how to shoot and shit and she's ca- she's calling out actual like military jargon <laughs> so, so, somehow she she the, the steep learning curve became very easy yeah the, the- miklo from blood and blood out's a real pussy he's like hey man i only do the laundry i'm not going out to fight and she's like i'll come and, he, and he's like okay sh- tell me like he's still doing the accent kind of from from blood, blood and blood out he's like okay tell me how to shoot a gun then eh? and she's like it eh. She's like, okay, here's how you cock it. Like, she's like a full expert on it. This guy's in the fucking Navy. He only does the laundry, but still, he has to have some training. So they they partner up, and he's, um, this is another thing you can't. This is subtle, and you can't do it in um movies anymore. Where he's like, this is an MK twenty seven comms device, satellite link up, only uh only used by the SEALs, and she's like. So like a car phone, which is a pretty good layman's explanation. Yeah, it's a phone. Yeah. And she, he goes, yeah, you fucking dumb idiot bitch. Yeah, it's a fucking car phone. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're stupid fucking woman. It's Let me like, mansplain. Yeah, it's like uh, like everything she goes to say is like the stupidest fucking thing anyone could ever say because she's female. And it's like, actually, that is a pretty good explanation of the device that you're using. It's a car phone. You're calling <laughs> you somebody know, from it. Yeah. You're only in this movie for your fake tits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Then what was the what was SEAL Team? Getting back to that. What was SEAL Team 5's plan? Because yeah. like, remember when they remember when and I know this is a long time before, but I don't I don't feel like the um, the military tactics have increased that much. But remember when we when we went and got Osama bin Laden, they flew in with two. Two stealth helicopters, the the uh, technology of which is, has still never been divulged. We didn't even know we had those. They flew in with two stealth helicopters. They had dogs. They had built as they had built a schematic of the compound where they had practice. If you can't get through this one door, we're going to blow up this other wall over here. Like they knew. And I get that they had more time to practice. But in the but the whole thing about stealth or the, the whole thing about the seals is that they're fucking stealthy. They sneak up on your ass. They fucking swing. They're training. That's what a seal is. I mean, they're they're trying to find the best, yeah. most stealthy guys. Yeah. So they're like, we're sending in the seal team. They fly directly towards a fully armed battleship with in a fucking Black Hawk, and somebody walks out on the deck with an RPG and just fucking shoots it out of the sky. <laughs> like it's like it, it's almost like the plan should have been 
to use that that helicopter that was approaching the deck as a decoy <laughs> for actual Navy yes. SEALs that were that were uh, jumping out of a plane, diving under the water. That's right. We're on like little. Ship. But the but uh, the actual seal the actual seals were on this helicopter slowly approaching the ship like this was their big plan yeah it was it's just in it, like and then they're like oh well well I guess we got to blow it up <laughs> like it's like that was their one shot to just fly directly towards a fucking a uh, uh, battleship with guns and missiles and like everything on it and then they're like well that didn't work we'll just drop a bomb on it I guess uh, they did the same thing with the the F eighteen. I forgot about that part. They're like, hey, let's go take a look with the F-18. And the F-18 flies real close and they just blow it away with the with the 50 cal. Like, what? How does that happen? It's crazy. But but maybe that's why we only know of SEAL Team 6 because right. SEAL Team 5. A bunch right. of dummies. That's the so ones like they send the in Benny to get killed. Hill, the Benny Hill unit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Wacky so, sex. Yeah. So the whole time um, – you know, they do that like cliched thing, almost kind of like even Austin Powers did it, where there's just a uh, massive uh, war room with a, a huge round desk and all the important generals and politicians in it. And then the advisor, we, we, we find out that uh, Tommy Lee Jones character was a, a member of the CIA who who, uh, I guess, compromised a mission or didn't follow through. So they yeah. sent somebody to kill him. Yeah. And this is their bi- this is his big thing that. He's going to take revenge, and he's going to um, steal these nuclear missiles on the ship yep. and put it on a Korean nuclear sub that he just so happened to steal. That was – yeah, that was a little – conf- the plan. Was, was that the scene where he was also carving meat and throwing it to guys so yeah. they could, like, eat it with their hands? Yeah. Yeah, that was there was that wasn't really well explained. Also, because when they rendezvous with the sub – very calm seas, I noticed. Not much swell that day. Like, they're just, like, <laughs> the boat and the sub are right next to each other, and they're both sitting completely still, not, like, bumping into each other. Not an issue. And then the cap... I noticed that. Yeah. I noticed that it must have been... I mean, that the, the sound stage was, was obvious. These All these movies use it, use it, but Seagal just can't jump into the water and swim right over to something that's 30 feet away in the ocean, in the actual no. ocean. <laughs> no, no. But on the on the sound stage, you was able to just kind of glide over there, right? With a gun, he had he had no flippers either, so he 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 slides down the anchor chain and then swims. Luckily, there's it's very calm seas that night, and then he swims from the battleship to the to the submarine. But the submarine captain appears; he sounds Russian, and but then all the other guys are like Italian. He's like. Hey, Luigi, rigatoni, lasagna, parmesana. What's the matter for you? It's, yeah, what is like, it's like a Sopranos. It's like they were at the Bing all of a sudden. I'm like, wait, who are these people? Like Silvio. And this is a lot. This is a movie we discussed. Jason, I don't know if you did this one with us. I think you might have. The Rock. Yes. What is. I did not. I did not. I, I was Connor. I was oh, Connor. What is in it? For the henchmen. <laughs> right. It was kind of the same thing. Yes. The, the Rock came after this. So The Rock sampled this movie. Totally. The hench- yeah, I'm going to be a traitor to my country. <laughs> yes. Uh, for for 
I mean, at least they, there was a, a specific dollar amount for the uh, for the rock henchmen. Yeah, this there, there didn't seem to be any sort of compensation. It wasn't like we need. $80 million to split up among my henchmen. Well, well, at one point, I think he says to Gary Busey, what are you going to do with your $200 million? Which is, hey. Oh, he does. That, I didn't. Yeah, that's a lot of money. But these are the top. That's the top guys. What They have a big team. What are the lower level guys getting? And then my answer would be, hey, what are you doing with your $200 million? I'm going to die in prison. Because this is like, I'm, I'm. What am I doing? I'm robbing. I'm I'm committing treason. I'm robbing the United States Navy of Tomahawk missiles. Like, yeah, so not, get you. they're not not going to find you. Are you going to go to a different planet because you're not going to disappear on this one? Like, what's what's the end game there? It's a suicide mission. That was completely unexplained. Um, so there was like five to six nuclear warheads, right? And they seemingly were doing the the reach out, the outreach, and the negotiating for the price on the ship after they got the warheads. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones is talking to some probably Russian um, representative about the cost, and as a leverage tool, he said, "Hey, if you if you don't if you don't take this price, we're just going to call Mohammed." (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Also, their code was Looney Tunes, and he's like. Hey, Wiley Coyote calling, where's um, Tweety Bird? (laughs) It's like, I don't think the people from other countries get the references in the same way as we do. Maybe just like talk normally. I don't think it matters because you're on a secure frequency anyways, as they told us. I thought that was kind of weird. One thing I did like is that Steven Seagal, he did some knife training he definitely had like a knife uh, coach for this he, where he murked that guy threw it in his neck he th- he threw it in his neck and there's t- two times this happened he th- he th- threw the knife in that guy's neck and then when they came down to like check the kitchen for him the guy's clearly dead but for some reason they took his pulse <laughs> anyway and they, they, <laughs> they like felt for his pulse like around the knife which was through his carotid artery and they did the same thing with the captain the captain was all like gutted they like shot him so many times in the chest and he was sitting there dead and also he was old enough to almost die anyway but they still when they walked in they checked they checked his pulse too just to be sure i thought that was funny but he got in a, he got in a lot of knife fights including the one the the one in the climax with tommy lee jones where they knife battle each other that oh, probably could have been yeah, yeah that, that probably could have been what two minutes shorter I yeah mean, it, it it was like a lot of posturing and a lot of uh, quick hand movements, but not a whole lot of action. Um, and then just to get to that point, I mean, we're all over the place here, but like to have the bad guy um, being able to kill Seagal if he wants it, but he just he opts to have Seagal watch it all on TV. And then he ends up, of course, getting close enough so Seagal could kick the gun out of his hand. Yeah. Just yeah. a complete a clumsy way to approach that climactic scene. It was just it was horrendous. Also, just shoot him. Just kill him. Yes. Yes. C- Cole Meany also has a clear shot at him. He So when he dives from one ship to other, he puts a bomb on the um, he puts a bomb on the submarine and he but he also is swimming with like a nine millimeter in his hand, like having a gun battle from the middle of the ocean with the guys on the submarine. And then they're like 
they're they're they throw like a um like an anchor. anchor. Yeah, they throw like an anchor and they pull it up and it's got like a little bit bit of neoprene on it and they're like, oh, we got him! Or they're like high fiving each other, like, woo, got him! Told you I'd yeah, get him well, with that- this anchor. But you're right. That guy had uh, a clear, clean shot at him. But as is in most movies, the bad guy always thinks that having a real smart, cutting verbal line before they kill the guy is beats just killing him. So, of course, he had to deliver the, the, the witty line. And then the female, the person that had no, no idea how to do anything militarily yeah. when she got on the boat, she was against killing people. She saves the day and saves our good guy. Yep, she walks she up behind him. Colin Meany, right? Yeah, yep. It was really, and and yeah, there was one scene where Seagal just suddenly had a, a soldering iron and goggles, protective goggles. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Where do you, where do you just find the goggles as you're scrambling around a ship? No, he he MacGyvered together some bomb, and he, that's what I was thinking because he put it, he had to swim it over there, so he put it in like a Tupperware, <laughs> and also he had a rubber. Like one of the one of the one of the ingredients to the to the bomb was a condom, and he like put a condom over a thing and then like wrapped it with tape. And I'm like, you don't know how to do this. You haven't been to bomb making school (laughs) for some, somehow uh, along the way he had to dump honey out of, out of the warhead too. It was the the (laughs) strangest scene. But what Ed's referring to is when he had to break those guys out of uh, wherever they were, rescue them out of the hatch or whatever. And he really needed um, those tools and the goggles, and they were right there, ready to go. Oh yeah! But you know, if you were, you could sort of explain like, oh, he he found this, and he's just going to close his eyes and do his best. But he's just he suddenly has the perfect goggles for the for the exact moment. Also, they were. Did anybody understand the the rigging system that they were using? They were cutting rebar, or they were cutting steel beams to make an offloading system for the tomahawk missiles and he goes into the him and the guys go in and they kill all the guys like in the machine shop that are that are making the that are making the the track or whatever that they're making and they're they have steel beams and they're like carrying them like they weigh four pounds and they're just like (laughs) I'm pretty sure you can't cut a steel beam with a bandsaw. They're just like, it's like, no, it's like made out of butter or something. It was, but also what was like, was, were they making it into like a chute? Because then when they show them offloading them, it's like a crane thing that would be on the ship anyway. Right. Like they have to get the missiles on and off the ship somehow. (laughs) Their plan, their plan was to bring all the beams to create some kind of a seamless transporting thing. And then when they realized that those beams were compromised, like the most memorable death in the entire movie is a ridiculously slow one. Like the poor guy that got killed by the beam that uh, that Seagal just kind of uh, uh, loosened or cut the rope on. And then he looks up and the beam comes down and kills him. Yeah. The slowest yeah. moving death since uh, Austin Powers yeah, the when, steam when, roller. They, yeah. when the steamroller yeah. killed that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about, how about the fact that Tommy Lee Jones, he's, you know, his plan goes awry when the, the, the chef is, or the cook is, you know, fucking shit up. 
And yet he wants to complete and he's sweating a lot. He's completing all his action wearing the leather jacket that has been bedazzled the whole time. He's wearing a T-shirt underneath when you're sweating and moving around. I feel like that bulky jacket with the bedazzler is not the way to go. Yeah. And isn't that just a costume? I mean, it is. It is. Right. He's not really a rocker. Right. It is December. And they are because in the beginning they're at they're in Hawaii. And this where we probably should have paid more attention to this. In the beginning, they're in Hawaii. And then they sail for, I don't know, 10 minutes. And then they anchor. And then everything happens. And then at the end, they're sailing up to the Golden Gate Bridge. Like, which, there's, what, which appeared in The Rock. Right. It's I've, all coming full circle. Right. I feel like it would have taken at least several days to sail from Hawaii to San Francisco. Right. And most of this movie, the, the ship's not moving. No, it stops. It stops for an extended <laughs> for most of the movie. Right. And and they hadn't it, not long after they'd left when it stops. Um, what else? Did you guys also find uh, Gary Busey's um, death was just kind of anticlimactic? Yes. Like Gary Busey gets on the sub and I guess somehow they got all the nuclear weapons on it. Somehow they just kind of glossed over that. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, we're out of here. We're done. No more. Right. Uh, Rygar, whatever his name is. Yeah. And um, and then Seagal just like reminds everybody, oh, we're, we're on a gunship. Like the, there are guns that we could shoot at that submarine over there no, that has that has nuclear weapons. There's on. a World War Two veteran there. <laughs> unexplained. <laughs> And they're like, he's like, hey, we still, these, um, these cannons are still operational. And he's like, we still have the, um, rounds that go in them. What? Like there's like, they bomb the ship. They bomb the, um, the submarine with the, with the big, like 50 millimeter cannons on the on guns on the deck. And they're like shooting at it and they kind of like miss at first. And, um, and Gary Busey's like, uh, don't worry about it. That's, that's just starburst that they got over there. They can't do anything to hurt us. Well, anything that gets shot out of a fucking giant cannon that hits you will kill you. Like, it doesn't matter yeah, what, the, like, if it's not, uh, like, you, cause they're like, we don't have the armor piercing rounds. I'm like, what are you talking about? Those things fucking destroy buildings. Like what? <laughs> of course it would kill them if it hit them. And then, yeah, Jason, it they bomb the ship. Of course, Steven Seagal's an expert on that too. So he's like uh, twenty. He's looking through the scope. He's like, yeah, um, twenty heading twenty four niner by <laughs> like he knows how to do that. And then they need the old guy that was in World War Two on the ship for some reason to show him how to do it. But then they bomb the they bomb the submarine. First of all, Fukushima. Anyone? <laughs> like we're fucking poisoning yeah. our ocean with nuclear all material. Our fish, all our fish are fucked up now. Yeah, we're all the whole ocean's fucked now because we they blew up some nuclear warheads. And also, he's here's your bad guy from the movie, and this is how he dies. Like you, you're hiring Gary Busey. You should have him do a fucking death scene. Yeah, right. a real one, like like, like Angelo in Point Break. Oh yeah, yeah, a diehard type thing, Mr. Where Joshua. 
you, but you have the two key deaths in Die Hard. You have falling off the building or the uh, the ballet dancer guy. Exactly. You know, you have two key deaths here. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it, and he dies. That's that's will, just how they were. Yeah, I will say this too. Like, um, and what's her face? The blonde ditz was doing a whoa, lot. Whoa, 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 whoa. Talking Erica about, Liniak yeah, yeah, was doing about. a lot of jargon during that during that gunship during that uh, that submarine blast thing. She was yelling out jargon. She was ordering people around. Somehow, within a couple of hours, she has learned like nautical navy jargon in, in order to uh, to to handle all this. Um, and then th- the weird uh, subplot too was when they turned the sprinklers on in this room. That obviously it would take. Uh, fifty days of weeks. sprinkler to, weeks. Dr- to drown. They're them. gonna they're gonna drown the whole crew. This is a good point. They're like, hey, here's a here's a way we flush them out. We're gonna drown the whole crew with the spy fire sprinklers in this room. It would take weeks to like. <laughs> you would need a fire hose to fill that room with water. What were you gonna say, Jason? They, they, they were never in danger. Like, ever. I, mean, I, I no, never got. I, mean, I never got the feeling. Yes. Yeah. In danger of having wet socks, which is a pretty terrible feeling. It's the worst feeling. But I mean, death? No. No, it was that that whole thing was an insane turn of events. <laughs> no, nothing's more insane than the final scene. So when, when, yeah. when they're in San Francisco. Yeah, they're in San Francisco. Erica Eleniak is in uniform she's for some reason. She's, what? she's not in the Navy. You know we're, we're enrolling. She's, she's just going to pass all the training steps. She's, <laughs> she's a full, full on midshipman now. And Steven Seagal, Casey Ryback, his whole thing at the beginning is I don't get, I don't get in uniform. Like they're yeah. like, they're like, Hey, you got to be on deck in your uniform for the ceremony for the captain. And he's like, you better ask the captain if I got to get in my uniform. Cause everybody knows I don't wear my uniform. Then at the end, they're <laughs> like, saluting. yeah, they're like having a burial at sea for the captain. Did you maybe want to let his family know? <laughs> like what's going on? And, and, and Segal's in his full fucking hat and everything. He's all. Fucking Erica Eleniak is in the military. Like everybody's got their uniforms she's on. Just, she's just one of the guys now. Like <laughs> it's, she's just part of a row of like dozens of, of midshipmen. Like but, crazy. But I think, kind of I a slap they, in the face. Y- yes, Jason. They, they, they kind of gave away um, why Seagal wanted her cast and everything. Right. So they <laughs> they they go full circle with the uh, with the cue ball. Right. So at the beginning of the movie, he tells Cuball to dance, and then Cuball at the end of the movie says, "Hey Ryback, you got yes. a move?" Yes. And he says, "What did he say? I got one move." And he starts making out yes. with the, yeah. with the lineage. He fucking I've got one move, mouth raping. He yeah. grabs her by the back of the head and just jams his mouth into her. He starts mouth sexing her, and it's like there has not been any flirtation. There was no. Zero hand-holding. There was no indication at all anywhere in the movie that there was some kind of a romantic relationship There, br- there wasn't like that one scene where they're sharing their feelings. Like, like back to Die Hard, where he and Al, the cop, they had some time where they're, they're just talking. discussing their lives. Yeah. There's nothing like that. They're just scrambling around the boat, and then he just grabs the back of her skull and he's like, 
I'm I'm getting in there. Yeah, if, and just smashes her. If anything, Miklo from from Blood in Blood Out, he was trying to get it in. He's like, "Hey, I'll yeah. just stay here with the girl," and he's like looking her up and down the whole time. Like that's there's a little bit of flirtation there, but but yeah, Casey would have been like, you know, Blood in Blood Out. Yeah, I'm about to go penis in, yeah. penis out. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> How about come in, come out? Yes, and think fluids. About it. Yeah. Think about it. Like, like I said, she had become like uh, one of the the best. Um, what do you call it? Soldiers by the end of the movie. Yeah. She really liked this thing. Yeah. And if any any um, any feeling that she she earned that uniform on merit was just thrown away by that kiss. Like, yes, he did her. He did her such a disservice. There was no romance at all leading up to the entire movie. And then at the end, when she's like one of the guys, and she yes. earned. She earned this by winning this battle with them. Then he makes out with her, and they're like, "Oh, that's why she's got. The, that's why she." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a real. It was a real slap in the face. Plus, they've been doing this mission for a couple days now. I didn't see anybody fucking brush their teeth. I didn't see any floss happening. Uh, their mouths had to be disgusting. Oh yeah, they all must have smelled. Yes, musty. Here's another thing I forgot to mention. At one point, they're like getting, they're like Tommy Lee Jones and his guys are like getting, getting ready to like shoot off a missile or something. And Steven Seagal's like, oh, I can just turn, I could just flick this one switch and turn off the um, power to everything. Why did he do that first? Yeah, that, that was convenient when he did that. That was real convenient, though. Right. He, and Tommy Lee Jones is like, which is what the bad guy always does. He pulls a gun on the guy that's supposedly working for him. And he's like, hey, turn the power back on or I'll shoot you. And the guy is like 65 years old. If I know my tech guys, usually the older, the better. It's not the young kids that understand how to work computers. It's always the very old, much older gentlemen that are the best on the laptops. And how about this? I, and, and maybe if we have any Navy SEALs uh, listening, they can, oh, we definitely do us. Yeah. Um, Navy SEALs, I know are the best of the best physically. They are uh, trained killers um, they know a lot of military tactics and strategy. People withstand the elements, and and they they execute within within the elements. But like, I didn't know that they also knew everything there was to know about how to run a gunship and to uh, handle nuclear weapons. He knew everything. Not only, not only does he know how to turn off the power to this massive gunship, but he knows how he knows how to uh, to do the actual missiles to fire at the sub, and then at the end. He's right there, right there at the coding machine yep. where the where the generals tell him how to uh, what, what do you call it? Blow up the missiles that are heading for Honolulu. Yeah, he does everything. Yes, he. So I gotta, I need to talk with some people at the Pentagon because their systems. They're like, hey, <laughs> they've launched they've launched two Tomahawk missiles directly at Honolulu. And they're like, okay, well, do we have the destruct codes? And they're like, ooh, the destruct codes are actually only on the ship. Huh? <laughs> That's your system? And then one, the F-18 shoots down one Tomahawk missile. And they're like, the other one got through. We'll follow it. Just go where it is. Like, what, you, you found the first one. Like, why can't you follow it? And then the missile... 
is like t- taking the scenic route. It's like flying towards land and it's like, Ooh, how about I go up the coast a little bit? And it's like flying along the coastline. Like what? Yeah. And also yeah. that wasn't Honolulu. That looked like Molokai. That was the leper colony. <laughs> so, like, no, that was, didn't, yes. There was nobody there. There was no, I'm like, just let it crack. Like they're like a million people melted within 10 minutes. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that that, that is not true. Like that not doesn't there. exist. Yeah. Yeah. It was about to hit a place with no buildings. Let it hit there. It'll be fine. Might, but, might kill some wild pigs. I've got, I've got a tough question for, for both of you. What was the craziest scene? What is the most unrealistic scene in this movie? I mean, I got to go with the mouth sexing. <laughs> right. Her reaction so would weird. not be happy yeah. to have him do it. So yeah. weird. I, I'm on the fence between when he's in the knife fight with Tommy Lee Jones, he snatches he Tommy, Lee, Tommy Lee's trying to yes. snatch, he, he yes. snatches it like a buccaneer. Yes, and then does. Tommy Lee Jones is like, I'm powerless. You got, <laughs> you got my best move. Yes. And then he's like, and then I'll take my knife and mash you in the skull. Yes. He, or, bu- he bites the knife out of his hand. Yeah. Like a buccaneer. It, yeah. But blade blade side, he bites yes, blade yes. side, and I'm thinking he doesn't no even matter, cut the side of his lip. I was gonna say, wouldn't he look like Joker for the yes. rest of the entire movie? <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. And the other one, Brian, you pointed out before. So she gets roofied. She bursts out of the cake. There's no music playing. There's nobody in the room, and she's gyrating and stripping. And there's just nobody around but dead bodies. Yeah, there's dead bodies in the room. <laughs> but there's not, I mean, even if you you just think, all right, Rufy just makes you sleep longer. She's gyrating and dancing around, and there's nobody there but dead bodies. She takes her top off. She disrobes in a striptease <laughs> dance for literally an, no audience other than a couple dead bodies. Like I don't, I, can, I don't know I, what the... Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go. I don't know what the, the if, if you look up the definition of gratuitous boobies in a movie. That's it. Like yeah, there was no no reason why we needed to see her tits in that. In no, moment. no, it was insane. Because there was no sexual scene. No, until he grabs her skull. Crazy, <laughs> actually crazy. Um, what else is there? Anything? Have we done it all? <laughs> I think we've done it all. Yeah. What happens in the? Uh, I I didn't see the sequel. I just saw the the poster. It's a train. It I looks think. like it. Oh, so it's just him on a train, or is she is she with them, or do you know anything about it? I don't. No, know. there's some. I I I remember because you know this was just prime zone of just needing to see tits whenever I could. Yeah. yeah. That I think it's a different hot woman of the day, and I think also he has a daughter. There's some. There's so some element of like there's a daughter that he needs to protect that's on the train with him. Isn't there like an environmental yes catastrophe? He's an, he's, he's an environmental uh, agent out to um, out to uncover some government thing or what have you, uh, some kind of terrorist environmental terrorist or something. It looks like Catherine Heigl is the uh, oh that's his daughter. The, the yeah, that would be his oh, daughter. Okay. Uh, you know, she's she's like twelve in that movie. On a Colorado, oh, it's his niece, Casey Ryback, hops on a Colorado to L.A. train to start a vacation with his niece. They, they fucking got airplanes in 1995. You know how long oh, that would take John. in a train? 
Jonathan Banks is one of the bad guys. Oh, he was a great bad. Yeah, he was a great character actor until he became famous with with uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah, he was he was very good as the henchman in Beverly Hills Cop, and also the same age then as he is now, seventy. <laughs> Eric Erwin Smith. Eric Bogosian uh, was the main. Uh, oh, he's a good heavy. He's a good bad guy. Yeah, I, and then you have Clarence Boddicker. There's lots of good. Oh bad yeah. guys in that one. Um, who's the who's the chick in it though? It doesn't even say. Uh it looks. Oh, si- if I'm guessing by the headshot, it's this one woman, right. Brenda ba- Backey or Backey. Or oh, I was thinking San- San- Sandy Taylor. I think is yeah, she was. Did. Think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, let's wrap it up. Excellent job, guys. Jason, fantastic work on your end, particularly so, in the sound department. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to uh, take it back to the 1940s, right? With, you know, since it was the 50th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. <laughs> I dig it. Uh, for Ed Daly and Jason Stewart, my name is Brian Beckner. This has been episode 375 of the Baller Lifestyle Podcast. We will see you next week. TBLS, hell yes, the lifestyle's baller Podcast getting bigger and not smaller Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do With Easy Ed Daily and a man Jay Stew And Brian Beckner, quick to dissect the week In sports and culture and whatever My brothers, reviewing some movies and shows and others Top podcast, man, no one is above us Five star and the haters will love us And we're not trying to talk politics a lot We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot Shit's so hot Man, you know the shit's on top Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is so flawless TBLS, the lifestyle's baller Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller